You're listening to the Brooks Snow podcast, conversations to help you live in your true identity as the creator of your life. I'm your host, Brooks Snow. You have episode 146, Expectation Energy. Are you living the life people expect of you or following the path meant for you? Expectation is a powerful force in every person's life and one of the biggest drivers of motivation. Expectation influences our decisions on every level, whether it's the macro life decisions we make or the micro moments of our personal interactions. While expectations can certainly keep order in the world, if not questioned or evaluated, living for others' expectations can also prevent us from making progress as a society or keeping us from living our own life purpose. In this episode, we'll explore what can happen when we give away our agency to the expectation of others, as well as what can happen when we have the courage to follow our own path. Spoiler alert, this is what changes the world. If you enjoy this podcast, I know you would love my new app, Co-Create by Brooke Snow. It's available in the Apple and Google app stores. The Co-Create app gives you access to over a hundred guided meditations, new yoga classes, inspirational audio courses, and community challenges to support you in living into your true identity as the creator of your life. To learn more, visit brooksnow.com forward slash app. One theme that has continually showed up for me in my journey the past year is what I call expectation energy. I think my team and I coined this term as we have talked in depth about what is happening in my life and in my work. But perhaps you can also relate to what expectation energy feels like. Here's a few quick questions to ask yourself as a little personal check-in. Question number one, do you ever do something motivated by the expectation of others? Two, do you ever override your own desires or dreams to honor what other people expect you to do instead? Three, do you ever feel like you have to change who you are in order to be loved and accepted? Four, are there parts of you that you have judged as not meeting the norm or expectation of someone in your gender or life role? Five, do you ever get caught doing something only because the culture or society or your family expect you to do it? And six, if you answered yes to any of these questions, how does this make you feel? (laughs) I can't imagine that you haven't answered yes to at least one of these. I think this is a common experience that all of us have experienced because we live our life with other people and they all have expectations. And we too have expectations of those around us. Now, something important to understand here is expectation energy is not just people pleasing. It's even bigger and includes duty, loyalty, commitments, 
and honoring the tribe. For example, culturally, this could mean the expectation that you're supposed to go to college, get a degree, get a job you stay in for the next 30 years, and then retire. Or the expectation that you're supposed to marry and have a family. The expectation that you are supposed to buy a home as a responsible adult milestone. (laughs) In church, this could mean the expectation that you are supposed to serve a mission, whether that is as a youth or as a senior couple. The expectation, if you are married, you are expected to have children. Or maybe if you're not married, you're expected to get married. Maybe there's an expectation of how many children to have. If you are a woman, you are expected to stay at home with your children and not have a career. The expectation that you are supposed to always accept every calling, never say no to an opportunity to volunteer and serve no matter what else is happening in your life. And of course, an expectation of worthiness standards and lifestyle an expectation for what modesty means, an expectation for what is an appropriate Sunday activity, or how to interpret the word of wisdom. In a family, expectations could look like this. An expectation of where you are supposed to go to college. An expectation of what to choose as a career. An expectation of what type of person you are supposed to date and marry an expectation of how involved you're supposed to be with extended family events, an expectation of gender roles and what a man is supposed to do and what a woman is supposed to do. Yes, I am totally stereotyping and these are not always set in stone rules, but such is the powerful effect of expectation energy Even if there are exceptions and justification for individual choice, there's usually still an overarching tribal expectation that weighs in our consciousness. Expectation energy can play a massive influence in our big life decisions, such as where to go to school, who to marry, how many children to have, what career you choose, and so much more. Sometimes expectation energy helps keep order and helps keep people progressing. And other times it can interfere with our life purpose and prevent us from truly following our individual life path because the pull towards the expectation energy can be hypnotizing. If the expectation energy in your life is working for you, then awesome. (laughs) If, however, there might be some expectation energy in your life causing you conflict, suffering, or unhappiness, then I hope this episode will help. First, let's look at some examples of the harm that can happen when we override our own intuition for ourselves and live our life from other people's expectations. My grandmother was one of the most compassionate people I know. She had a heart for helping others and saving anyone who had gotten down on their luck. After all, she too had experienced her own hard times. 
My grandfather was killed in an auto accident, leaving her with six young kids. She would later go on to marry five more times in her life. Several of those later marriages were abusive and harmful. I was astonished when she told me that the most abusive marriage she was in, she knew at the temple on her wedding day that she should not marry the man. But she couldn't bring herself to tell all the family that had traveled to be there for the wedding to go home. They were, after all, expecting her to marry him. So she overrode her gut feeling that this was not a good choice and did it anyway. So much sorrow followed that decision. Years of her life were spent afterwards in depression and coping with the abuse, and it caused great harm in the extended family as well. While on the topic of marriage, (laughs) one of the most shocking prayers I have ever prayed happened to me in college. One of my close guy friends kept pushing for us to date each other and be more than just friends. I reluctantly agreed to date him. While I loved our friendship, the courtship felt terrible. (laughs) It lasted about two weeks. And after one of our dates, I came home, knelt down to pray. And I said, dear God, please, please, please do not let this be the person I'm supposed to marry. I think what shocked me most about this prayer was how it revealed to me how I had given away my agency in this huge life decision. I was so used to making choices based off of what was expected of me instead of really tuning into what I personally wanted, that those words poured out like it was normal. How often do people make these big decisions thinking God expects them to do something their heart has no interest in? Would God ever tell you to marry someone you didn't want to be with? Would God ever tell you to pursue a career that you dread? Would God ever tell you to do something that looks good on the surface, but your whole body resists and rejects it because you don't want it? I know people will disagree with me on this. (laughs) I know you can turn lemons to lemonade. I know you can learn lessons from hard things. I know good things can come from anything. But what if, God actually expects you to follow your own heart. What if the whole reason you get happy and excited about something is because God designed that into you as a guidance system to follow your joy, to live your individual life purpose? And what if the entire reason you feel repulsed or low or dread about another thing is because God designed that into you as a guidance system to follow as well. The expectations we can put on God that the life he wants for us is different than our own heart's desires or the expectations that culture or society or family put on us to be a certain way or do certain things far too often block us from living the life we were actually meant to live. We override what feels 
joyful and desirous and shockingly can even push through in decisions that don't feel good at all simply because we believe that is what is expected. One friend of mine regrets her college degree in education. All she wanted to study in college was dance, but her parents refused to pay for school unless she studied something sensible. After all, if her future husband died, how could she support a family with a useless dance degree? So she grit her teeth and managed to graduate in the field her parents suggested and expected to be far more useful and practical. What a surprise that she hated teaching and dreaded her first job in the field. (laughs) It didn't last more than a year. Another friend refuses to attend an annual extended family reunion because he doesn't want to be asked about his work. He and his wife don't have traditional gender roles. She works in a high-power career, and he stays at home with the kids. The two of them are happy with the arrangement, but... He fears that other people expect something different from him, so he avoids the gatherings, so he won't be asked about his life. My experience in graduate school was one lesson after another in expectation energy. I majored in music composition and wanted desperately to write music from my heart. However, the faculty at the university expected me to write academic, avant-garde music that would not ever resonate with the average person who didn't have a PhD in music. I met several times with the music department head and the dean of the school and other successful composers who were previous graduates from the same program. Every single one of them told me that I'd have to just jump through the hoops of the program and then Afterwards, I could write what I wanted. You just have to do what they expect so you can get the degree you expect. Well, unfortunately, by the time I walked across that stage for my diploma, my heart was so damaged from only composing music for other people's expectations, I lost the desire to compose music for the next 15 years. What a tragedy. Even in my current career, I have time and again confronted expectations. I get many emails asking me to produce a podcast on a certain topic. I've had countless requests to create a course or program on what someone else wants me to do. I have learned by hard experience that when I do what other people expect, instead of following my own intuition, I inevitably end up feeling trapped in my work. The marketing world tells you to always find out what your people want and create according to the demand. This is probably good advice for many businesses. For me, it's a one-way ticket to bondage. My inspiration for my podcast and my courses has always been inspired from my own life experience and what I'm currently learning. The fastest way to pour water on the fire of my creativity is to tell me what you expect me to create. Expectation energy is hard to recognize if you are stuck like a robot, living your life for everyone else's expectations. 
But the fastest way to snuff it out is to spot all the places you tell yourself you should do something or you're supposed to do something. The shoulds and the supposed tos are the big red flags that reveal where expectation energy is ruling the day. You'll likely feel some emotions attached to those shoulds as well. Maybe some bitterness or resentment. Maybe some shame for not actually wanting to do XYZ, but thinking you are supposed to do it anyway. Maybe some sadness for the dream or desire you're sacrificing in order to do what other people expect instead. Maybe some selfishness for inwardly wanting something else. But is it really selfishness? Or did a high-demand culture teach you to not have any needs? Is it really selfish? Or did a high-demand job teach you to not have any needs? Is it really selfish? Or did a high-demand family teach you to not have any needs? Is it really selfish? Or did a high-demand education, religion, media, or tradition teach you to not have any needs? Expectations are formed through generations of communities developing and passing on the quote-unquote rules for how things are to be done. Oftentimes, those rules start out from a helpful place, but the world changes, and oftentimes what circumstances created the rule expire. But the rule continues onward, and the expectations increase, and the judgments increase when people defy the expectation. We don't like disruption to the homeostasis. Even if the homeostasis is dysfunctional, at least it's familiar. When people dare to defy the expectations and live according to what is the best choice for their individual life path, people can get riled up. (laughs) And yet, this can also be one of the best things to ever happen to our communities, to our families, and to our own individual life. We can judge those who are defying expectations as evil and rocking the boat, Or we could ask ourselves if a rule needs to change. Does something need to change? Is there another option? When people are brave enough to make choices for themselves, everyone else often benefits from the shakeup. I am grateful to the historic women who defied the expectation that women shouldn't have the right to vote or wear pants or own property or have fair wages. Now it seems normal and is the new expectation. But there was a time when it was radical. I'm grateful to the historic figures who radically defied expectation to create a free democratic republic where the people were given voice and power. This defied expectation so much it created a war. I'm grateful to each person today who speaks out on abuse, violence, mental health, equality, human rights, and beyond. We need the shakeup. To stay silent is to let the prevailing expectation energy keep people playing small and making choices based off of expectation instead of honoring the divine gift of personal intuition. 
It's not just the community issues that need attention, but the individual choices of you being able to live your life on a path that will lead to your greatest happiness. But that path can quickly be rerouted to a lesser life if each time you reach a fork in the road, you choose what is expected rather than what your soul calls you to do. It can be scary to make a choice for yourself that defies expectations. I have a girlfriend who wears pants to church (laughs) and I marvel at her courage. Now this seems like a really small thing to be brave in, but in this church culture, it's a pretty epic expectation to shake up. But this friend doesn't just wear pants. Her outfits are literally outrageous. Pants, go-go boots, head-to-toe iconic outfits that are bold and out of the box. She photographs her church outfits every week and posts on Instagram. One week, instead of pants, she wore a high-low tulle skirt that looked like something you'd wear to prom or performing on stage instead of church. But she wore it anyway at 50 years old. I was simultaneously terrified for her and in awe of her courage. I'm guessing there were people at church that were mortified (laughs) and judgmental, while also people there who were rejoicing in the joy of seeing someone just be so fully themselves without inhibition. You see, when one person is brave enough to be themselves and choose their own path, it sparks the belief in others that they can do the same. There's nothing more beautiful than a person filling the measure of their creation. Not the conformity expectation that creates sameness, but truly filling the measure of your creation by being totally and fully yourself and honoring your quirks and your desires, your hopes and dreams and living into it. But we need others to lead by example. The area of my life that has caused me the greatest expectation heartache is when I feel the pressure of those closest to me expecting me to be a different person than I am. Several times in the past 25 years, I've been confronted by family members or friends who took the time to tell me all the things they don't like or approve about me. It's usually done with concern for my life path and a request that if I could just change who I am for them, it would be better. It hurts when the bulk of that list is personality traits that are simply part of how I'm designed. People have said, you're too serious and not enough fun. You're too focused on your work. You're not social enough. You're not a good enough planner. You must not value family if you miss a gathering. You should not be interested in other religions or cultures or anything mystical or spiritual, don't you know this makes people uncomfortable? You need to stay in the box in your faith journey because you are personally responsible for everyone else's testimony. Why aren't you doing music anymore? You should have that as your career instead. You're abandoning your real life mission. You shouldn't be so quiet. 
you should be more animated. When you don't show emotion, people think you're mad. You're too bold. You're too opinionated. You need to not share your thoughts on controversial subjects. You need to be softer. You need to stay safe in what you talk about so you don't rock the boat. Don't be so vulnerable. If you share stories of your mistakes, people are going to judge you. And yes, I've even been told I really need to have bangs because my forehead is too big and I look mean if I pull my hair back. (laughs) I think I'm finally learning I will always disappoint someone. Either I can live my life so others are comfortable and abandon my true self, or I can live true to myself and let others be uncomfortable. When I live to please others, it fosters bitterness, and I feel conditionally loved. I feel the pressure to be someone different so I can be loved and accepted by my own people. And when I do that, part of me dies inside. Unfortunately, the part of me that dies is actually the best part of who I am. It's the parts that make me brilliantly unique and the part that holds my greatest dreams and desires. It's the part that is directly tied to my life purpose and mission. Just the other day, I was laying in bed talking to my husband about whatever deep thought I had that day. There was a little voice in my head that said, why do you have to be so reflective? Why do you have to think so deeply about life? This is so annoying. People don't want to listen to you. The reason those words came into my mind is because they've been said to me before by people I care about. And yet, if I let those parts of me go, if I try to not think deep, not to be bold, only talk about safe things, don't share what I'm curious about and what literally lights me up. Don't share what I learn in other cultures, religions, and traditions because nobody wants to hear about it. Then people may feel more comfortable. But my light goes out. I shut down. I play small. I abandon the parts of me that God designed to actually be gifts, not flaws. I abandoned my true life purpose. I was put on earth to be bold and vulnerable and to have a craving for truth no matter where I find it in the world, in the box or out. I'm here to speak up, not stay silent. Ultimately, I'm here to be me, to fill the measure of my creation, which means that I need to honor my heart, my dreams, my interests, my curiosities, my quirks and my passions without judgment. Even if it doesn't fit the expectations of anyone else around me. True success is not abandoning yourself. Perhaps if more people honored their true self, it would catch on (laughs) and we'd all start doing it. Imagine that, a whole world of people being authentically real and living into their mission and their gifts. I believe that we each have a team of angels working full-time to invite us to honor our own path. We're given a spark of desire. 
We're given unique interests, curiosities, personality traits, and circumstances to guide us to live the greatest life possible. Just like when we drive to a destination using Google Maps or Siri, if we ignore the direction to turn where Siri says to turn, because instead we chose the path of expectation, I think our heavenly map instantly reroutes and the angels will prompt you again to take the turns that will lead you back to the path only meant for you. We can choose to listen to our soul and what heaven is calling us to do individually, or we can keep choosing the path of expectation. Even if we're deep into the expectation path, remember that heaven is constantly rerouting the map to get you back on the path of your best life. Over and over again, reroute, reroute. (laughs) But you have to have faith that this personal path will lead you somewhere awesome. It can be hard to trust that path when it's not the same as the expectation path. The expectation path is like a freeway. It's paved, high speed, and crowds of people are traveling there. The personal path is often like a dirt road or maybe even consists of blazing your own trail. In the beginning, you may have to do a little work or go slow. But what I've learned about freeways is that they keep going on and on and on without ever arriving. Amazing destinations always require an exit from the freeway. It requires a lot more courage to trust the road less traveled, to trust that the destination and Even the scenery along the way could be far more enriching than the expectation freeway everyone else seems to be taking or expects you to take. I deeply believe there is a unique path for every person on the planet. If we learn to listen to our souls, heaven will guide us to live the best life for us. Maybe it shakes things up. Maybe other people don't agree. (laughs) Maybe you are only able to get off the freeway for one part of life and you enjoy a little detour there and you get back on the freeway for other parts. Perhaps you are happy on the freeway, but you can increase your understanding for those who choose to exit and travel their own path, trusting they are honoring what their own soul is calling them to do. The most important thing is to learn how to listen to the directions for your own soul's map instead of the map of expectation. I promise the destination is worth it. Trust the direction. Trust your heart. What path is your soul calling you to? What path is your soul calling you to? What path? is your soul calling you to. See it, say it, feel it, do it, become it. You are a creator. Now go co-create something great.